I'm Shalina Fultz, wife and mom of three, talk show host, and owner of HBCU Legacy Fashion, where we are building leaders and lifelong legacy through HBCU Kids Clothes. Listen, not too long ago, I decided to jump off the boat and go into full-time entrepreneurship. I wanted to truly walk into who God has called me to be. And on this podcast, you're going to hear from other women just like you and I. They've overcome opposition, punched imposter syndrome straight in the face, and they have evolved into amazing entrepreneurs and powerful leaders. Now, let's get into the show. Natasha Miller may have had a rough childhood, met with homelessness, but any opposition that she encountered was met with sheer determination, discipline, and laser focus to get her to where she is today. Natasha is the owner of Entire Productions, an event and entertainment production company based out of California. She is a business coach and a trained jazz vocalist. But today she's here to share about her latest memoir entitled Relentless, Homeless Teen to Achieving the Entrepreneur Dream. Please help me welcome to the show, Natasha Miller. Hi, Natasha. Welcome to the show. So glad to have you here today. It's great to see you. Thank you. Awesome. So I'm, I know you have great news. I'm excited for you. Your new book is out today, Relentless. That's awesome. So congratulations, number one. Thank you. But let's start from the beginning. Let's start from eight-year-old Natasha, and let's see how she got to this point where she's now the author. So tell me, when you were eight years old, what was it that you wanted to be when you grew up? At eight years old, I probably, because I really only wanted to be one thing my whole life, I think I probably wanted to be a singer um, at that time. And that's what I eventually became in addition to a classically trained violinist. But yeah, I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be on the radio. I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to eventually be on Broadway. That never happened, which is fine. That kind of sounds like my childhood because not the singing part, but definitely the acting. I had my own talk show in the living room. One um, one birthday, my brother got a camcorder for his birthday. And so he was like my producer and everything. <laughs> so, And then in high school, I, I was a part of chorus and we did the musicals and everyone was like, Shalane is going to be on Broadway one day. So we have similar backgrounds <laughs> when it comes to that. So then... You, you said you did sing a little bit. What, how, how did that go with the singing? Well, I've recorded seven CDs and toured and played big, you know, big stages. And I've done the national anthem for a lot of um, pro sporting events and literally just did the anthem for the Giants for 40,000 people last late fall. So it's really what influenced my whole trajectory to success music in general yeah wow that is so cool that's awesome and so are you still in music or did you kind of give it up or what's what's I am I've been my last cd came out over five years ago however with this book launch I'm starting to do a performance-based keynote speech Mm. so it's keynote reading from the excerpts of the book and also weaving in some of the songs that I've recorded in the presentation. So I'm doing a big um, red carpet gala book launch on March 26th at the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. 
and we're doing a big champagne reception afterward in the atrium. So I'll be playing with my band that night, as well as doing some excerpt reading for my book. And yeah, so it's still there. And I own a multi-million dollar entertainment production company in San Francisco now. So although I'm not the artist performing for these high-end social and corporate events, I used to, and now we just hire other artists to do that. Wow. So how did you tell me about that business journey? Like how did you start that business and, and how did you grow it to become a multi-million yeah. dollar business? It started very organically. It started from me being booked, um, and double booked and double, double booked on Friday and Saturday nights as a singer and mm-hmm. as a classical violinist with my string quartet. And then if people were asking me for a date that I was already booked for, I would tell them, Hey, I'm booked, but I can bring in another group that's as good as I am and probably better. And I'll manage them for you. And so small little by little over those early years, I was building a business, but didn't really realize it. Then in 2001, I made it a business, entire productions. And that first year, I got one of the biggest clients back then. It was like a $100,000 client. And I still have that client to today. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 2001. Yeah. 20 years ago. Yeah, 20 years. That's amazing. And so I'm, I'm sure you had to like grow a team, bring on more people. Or do you like, are you contracting musicians and that's no I mean work definitely contracting the artists the vendors the musicians but I have I had a team I had a million dollar payroll before COVID and when COVID came of course we had to downsize so we have seven people on my team right now that's so cool but how did you actually get to that point because you know you're at sometimes people are like okay I'm stuck here at six figures how do I cross that seven figure mark what were your, what's your tips or advice for that? I think getting out and hustling, going to networking and marketing events. Also in 2015, I did a course on entrepreneurship, sort of like an entrepreneurial master's course. And I had a great advisor, a couple advisors. And that next year, my revenue grew by 65%. So learning about business and doing the work, digging down and like creating a foundation for my business and a marketing plan where the, before the first, you know, 14 years, I was just winging it. We were doing great, but it was more of a lifestyle business. And the difference between a lifestyle business and a, and a traditional business is the lifestyle business you're working in it day to day. You basically have a job. Mm-hmm. You're working with the clients, even if you have people helping you. And now as an entrepreneur, a more seasoned entrepreneur, my goal is to work on the business and be a strategist and a visionary and not in it day to day with my clients. So I no longer am selling. I don't manage people. I'm not in charge of the marketing. And that makes your business actually much stronger and more legitimate and better, easier to sell if you ever wanted to sell. And even if you are an entrepreneur that says, I'm never going to sell my business, it's okay to not want to sell it, but you have to prepare your business to be sold if you're doing it right. And I can go into that in more detail at some point, but I don't want to change subjects too terribly much. (laughs) But you know, that's, that's so true. Getting the business coaching, it's very important before I started 
my HPC legacy fashion line, I was a wedding and event planner for nearly 10 years. And as you say, like you were kind of winging it and didn't really have like a marketing plan. Yeah, I write out some goals, but I didn't have like a full plan written out. And I just really didn't know that I necessarily needed that. I was like, I don't know how to plan weddings. I don't need to have a whole marketing plan. But then in 2020, I decided that I did want to start taking that business a little bit more seriously. And I joined B-School. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, yeah, Marie. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when I really realized that I needed to do more with, you know, my business plan and my marketing plan. And it's also when I realized I wanted to officially do something different and start the e-commerce business. Good for you. So, yes. And from there, I did like the most investing in myself, hiring a business coach and just really working on a marketing plan for the next five to 10 years, the business plan. So, yes, that's a great tip. (laughs) Don't just wing your business. Actually make a plan for it. Okay, so moving forward to today, you have this book called Relentless that just came out. Yeah, I I just got it today. It comes out on March 22nd. I just have to show you. I'm just so proud of it. I can't even. the colors. So it's so cool. Yeah, it publishes on March 22nd, but these are my first 100 copies. Yay, that's awesome. Is this your first book? Yes. Okay, that's that makes it even more exciting to actually see the first book in hand. (laughs) I know that feeling. I recently co-authored a book with some fellow Aggies, which Aggies, we went to North Carolina AT State University. So in the book, we're talking about like our HBCU experience, how we chose our college, what happened while we were there and what we're doing today. And so I recently got books in the mail, like maybe a month ago. And I was like, is this what the author feels like when they hold their first book in their hand? I totally understand that feeling. You mentioned that you had a little bit of trauma growing up and not just um, as a child, but maybe like throughout your teenage years. And so I'm sure there's a lot of that in your your book that you talk about. But could you share some of that and how you overcame? Yeah. So, I mean, I had a very, very challenging childhood from the time I was born um, and I was basically abandoned at a youth homeless shelter when I was 16 on Christmas day. And then I've lived on my own ever since. And ironically, I was a classically trained violinist and I was playing in a string quartet and then the orchestra when I was 16. So when they started talking about putting me in foster care, I was like, no, I'm studying this professor at a, at a college. I can't leave like the Des Moines metropolitan area. So I think not being seen, not being kept safe, not being, you know, really feeling loved was the impetus and the fire for trying to do better, get better, get ahead, be seen, be known for something, be successful so that I could be protected and cared for and loved. And what I really realized now after all these years is that nobody was coming to save me. No one's coming to save anyone, but we all have it within ourselves to save ourselves. So that's really, this book is, it's not, I didn't write it to be a motivational self-help book, but if you read it from cover to cover, you are going to be impacted positively in some way, whether it's a small way, depending on where you are on your own journey, or it may be like, oh my God, this is my aha moment. I am going to switch gears, get myself out of whatever situation I'm in, and I'm going to go for it. Wow. 
were you with your parents your entire life until 16? Yeah, it was, it was at the hand of my mother that made it very unbearable. And, um, you know, I had to call 911 that day on Christmas day and the police came and they didn't arrest my mother, but, um, they gave my dad a card for the homeless shelter and said, if you don't feel she's safe here in the home, you can take her here. And that's where I ended up. And, and then I lived on my own. Okay. Yeah. They were together. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. Dysfunctional. <laughs> okay. No, I, I, see, I was not, I, I was raised by I, my father died when I was a month old oh. and my, um, my mother, she just wasn't capable. My birth mother was not capable of raising children. And so you tell me this story, another connection I kind of feel with you because I wasn't raised by my mother either. And, um, but I had a good mom. I, my, my father's sister raised me and, and I call her my mom. That's great. So, so yeah, I uh, really do connect with people who weren't, they were considered, or I don't know if you were considered orphan at that point, because, well, you did go into foster care. So I didn't go, I didn't go into foster care. I actually found out that I was an abandoned youth, like legally. And I was um, basically emancipated. So after I left that shelter, I lived with my grandmother for a little bit. And then I've lived on my own. Yeah. Ever since. Did you end up going off to college or did you just make your career out of your, okay. So you did get to, I mean, I did, I, I got fall ride scholarships from the violin to KU university of Kansas, Iowa state and Drake university, but I never ended up with a degree because to me, the degree, the paperwork, the certificate, it didn't mean anything to me. It was what was actually happening in my life. Was I making headway on my goals? Was I making money? Mm-hmm. And so, and it's still to this day is completely irrelevant to me that I don't have, you know, yeah. having a degree is, I mean, you make multi-millions now, so <laughs> we're good, <laughs> but I am shocked that you had the full scholarship and you were like, so what? That's actually a boss move though. And I'm sure many people are looking at you like, are you kidding me? I'm yeah. not saying that everyone needs to do that, but right. you were, I guess, laser focused and you knew what you wanted and that had nothing to do with it. I did the same no, thing for graduate I was, school. <laughs> yeah, I was going to move. I, I was moving from Des Moines to San Francisco where I'm at now. And mm-hmm. my thought was I would continue my education and graduate from like the conservatory of music here. Mm-hmm. But when I hit the ground running, I was busy playing my violin at professional gigs, getting paid. So what did I need to, con- like, it didn't make any sense Yeah, for me. Right, right, right. No, that's understandable. So tell me more about, I know the book is coming out later on next month, but tell me more yeah. about how people can actually find you, find the book and order it. Will it be on Amazon? Is it going to yep. be in the bookstores? It'll be on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the digital places, some independent bookstores directly from my website at officialnatashamiller.com slash relentless. And um, right now it's in pre-order, pre-sale, and I'm already number one in three different categories. Wow. That's awesome. I don't understand how that's working, but I'll take it. <laughs> Listen, so what, what's one of the, the main points that you want people to know um, about the book? 
prior to purchasing it. The book. So it reads beautifully. It reads like fiction, which is what I want it to, to read. It's all true. It's just not read written in memoir or essay style. Mm -hmm. So what I'm so happy about is the feedback I'm getting from people is I couldn't put it down. I couldn't wait to find out what happened next. So, and it's not prescriptive. It's not a how-to book. You don't have to get your pen and paper out and write down your goals. I'm not prompting you to do things, but if you read it from cover to cover and you're in that position of wanting more or going for a goal or not sure, you know, having a bit of imposter syndrome, which by the way, I've had my whole life, but I just push it away or jump yeah. over it. I, I do lots of mind tricks to get over it. Yeah. Even today, like every day I'm like, can I be a best-selling author and sell a million books? Someone told me they thought I would, but is that yeah. really me? Yeah, it's me. Yes. So that's what I want people to know about the book is that you'll go on a great ride and hopefully you will be inspired. That's awesome. So I always like for everyone to leave us with their favorite quote or their uh, favorite mantra, their life quote or whatever it is that you want to share. So what do you have? Okay. Well, Mikey kind of came up with this and stuck with it, but it's just, (laughs) it's what I've said for, for years is just do it. Mm. Just do Uh, it. You can say it in another way, start ugly. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just get it out there. Then you can mold and sculpt and tweak it. Just do it. Stop thinking about it. You know, there's something I need to do right now. (laughs) Before I even got on this podcast. Just do it. I was like, oh, I'm not going to do it. But you just told me to just do it. So I think I'm going to just do it. Okay. (laughs) Report back to me. That's another thing is. (laughs) checking in with someone saying I did it yeah yeah I can't wait to read your book I'm excited about it and I'm so glad you shared on my podcast today so thank you again so much Natasha thank you thank you